the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. This great nation will endure as it has endured. Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. You are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. From every mountainside, let freedom ring, and if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. Here's your host, Bob France. Indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Thanks for joining us at eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock. On a Friday morning, a free-for-all Friday morning, and if ever we have needed a free-for-all Friday morning, today is the day we need a free-for-all Friday morning so that we can indeed scream at the death and destruction of our country as dictated last night by a literal dictator on national television. It is the second morning of the ninth month of the year of our Lord, 2022. It is going to take an awful lot. It's going to take an awful lot to save this republic, especially when the individuals who are leading its demise, who are literally leading it to its demise, are the ones saying that that death is the savior of the republic. That's exactly what went down last night. Good morning. Thanks so much for being with us. We've got to talk about this together. 216-901-0945. Our number one, as of this moment, is wide open for your responses to the blood-red speech in both visual and audio form given last night by the president, and I use that term very, very loosely, of the United States of America. 
we have to discuss this uh, in very, very serious terms. Joe Biden has clearly been triggered by the MAGA movement, and last night he exploded. He exploded in all of his authoritarian, dictatorial form. All of the anger, all of the resentment, all of the refusal for constitutionally-minded, conservative MAGA Americans who have not yet bowed to his will, who have not yet said, lead us, uh, Savior Joe, as you shuffle on in your hospital slippers uh, down the down the uh, uh, the Oval Office ever in the Oval Office every day. Lead us. If you do not go along with Joe Biden, you are an enemy of the people. If you do not agree with his radical ideology, you are an extremist. If you don't want your children to be indoctrinated by left wing teachers with an unholy agenda, the likes of which this country has never seen before, you must be destroyed. You must be marginalized you must be uh, cast into the shadows this speech last night and i haven't even gotten started yet this speech sounded like every speech that every communist dictator who has ever lived gives that's what it sounded like from the blood-red backdrop, which literally made him look like he was standing in front of a satanic temple, or in a satanic temple. I mean, exactly. I have seen haunted houses with that backdrop. I have seen that dark, evil, foreboding uh, atmosphere lit only by the deep, dark, blood-red lighting. As Satan steps forward, it is it is exactly, or Dracula, I have seen that haunted house set numerous times, and that's how they put him on television last night. This was an extraordinary moment in American history, and I hope you do not downplay it. I hope you do not misunderstand it. He has been triggered by our refusal to submit to his will and their will, and last night, after all of that triggering, he exploded. And he said so many of the quiet parts about what they think of you as constitutional patriots out loud. We're going to break this down as best we can. I will give you my thoughts momentarily. I will welcome your thoughts throughout the program. 216-901-0945, I'm very much looking forward to those. We will also get the thoughts of a couple of our guests coming up in uh, about an hour. We're going to talk to Jonathan Emmert. He is a constitutional attorney, and he is an author of The Authoritarians. How coincidental that we had him scheduled for today. Literally, it is a coincidence. We booked this over a week ago. His book is The Authoritarians, Their Assault on Individual Liberty, the Constitution, and Free Enterprise from the 19th Century to the Present. Jonathan Emmert will be joining us at 1010. He will break down the speech and talk a little bit about what his most recent article means in townhall.com. We are the enemy. And I think we know. Again, this was this is coincidental, but 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 pretty doggone amazing. That article was written over a week ago. We are the enemy. And last night we were told by uh, Joseph R. Let's Go Brandon that we are the enemy. That's exactly right. So we'll talk to Jonathan Emmert about this coming up at uh, la, 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 10.10. 10.35, former Ohio State Representative uh, Christina Hagan will join us. She's going to have reactions to the speech. We have, we're also endeavoring, I don't know if it's going to be able to be pulled off, to pull in Kirsten out for a segment. Peter Kirstenau, of course, uh, Civil Rights Commissioner, who is our normal Tuesday guest. We're trying to reach him to see if we can get him 
It's just not a given yet. He's got his own schedule. Uh, he's got to work this morning. But we're trying to pull him in for a segment to get his reaction to the speech. We want as many reactions as we can possibly get. Seriously. We have to talk about this because our, our future and our, our, our entire republic literally is at stake now. Now that the stakes have been laid out, now that the um, gauntlet has been thrown down, now that it's been made clear that if you don't agree with Joseph R. Biden and the Democrats' evil transformation of America from a free, sovereign state to a globalized state uh, in which the big government decides everything and the people are at their mercy. If you don't agree with that, you are the extremist. You are the danger, the enemy to this country. That's what we were told last night. So I need as many reactions to that as possible, including yours. Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five. Before we get started reliving some of the uh, evil moments last night, I'm going to ask you to stand tall, patriots. Seriously, I know it's difficult right now, knowing we are being led by a full-on authoritarian dictator, uh, somebody who literally believes that if you don't do what the state says, you're an enemy. If you don't do what the state says, you can't have a job. If you don't do what the state says, you can't move about freely. If you don't do what the state says, you can't have your kids in schools. If you don't do what the state says, you can't live as a free American. That's what we heard last night. So it's hard to hear all of that and still say, I pledge allegiance to this flag, but that's exactly what we're going to do. Want to know why? That flag and the nation it represents is bigger than Joseph R. Let's Go Brandon. It is bigger than an authoritarian. It is bigger and more powerful than anybody who would choose to try to tear it down can ever even be. So stand proudly, patriots. Face your flag if you have that right now. Put your hand on your heart and join me. If you are a believer in anything you heard last night at all from the blood-red backdrop podium of Biden's address, then you don't know what this flag represents. You are not bigger than it is, and you are certainly not welcome to lie about it. Go ahead and just make your intentions known. Take a knee next to your favorite ex-quarterback. For the rest of us, proudly, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right, my friends, I uh, I am loathe to do this to you to make you relive anything that you heard last night but it is our responsibility now to confront this authoritarian evil head-on it is our duty to respond to it and to tell the truth uh in response to those lies so friends i'm going to ask you to bear with me for just a short bit while i play a little bit of the hatred and give what i believe to be a reasonable rational patriotic response and then, of course, like I said, I want your response, 216-901-0945. We're going to start by uh, listening to... What's happening. All right, hold on, Brandon. We're going to start by listening to uh, the President of the United States in his full authoritarian glory telling you that if you are a MAGA Republican, you're an enemy of the people. You're an enemy of the state. You're an enemy of the country because you represent extremism. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism. 
that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Now, I want to be very clear, very clear up front. <clears throat> not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. I know because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. But there's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. What is a threat to this country? You disheveled, dementia-addled old man is somebody that is using the word MAGA as an insult. Somebody that continues to say MAGA Republicans, MAGA Republicans, MAGA Republicans, as if it is somehow kind of a boogeyman. This is an insult to somebody to be called a MAGA Republican. These are extremists. These are people who support Donald Trump. No. MAGA is a movement. MAGA is not a man. MAGA is not Donald Trump. MAGA, meaning Make America Great Again, is a movement to restore this country to its constitutional traditions, to its constitutional foundation. MAGA is literally bringing back into uh, this, this current culture of ours the principles of freedom, of equality, and of opportunity for all, free of big government interference. That's what MAGA is all about. Make America great again and America first is not an insult. Those of us who voted for Donald Trump twice are proud of that. Because of what it represents. Not just the man. And maybe not even the man. Because there are a lot of distasteful things, I think, that have been covered over the course of the last six years about Donald Trump. But what he brought forth was something that people are not ashamed of. And for you to use it as a pejorative, to use MAGA Republicans as some sort of an insult, some sort of a slur, some sort of a slam on us, is going to fall flat every single time because we will stand up and say, Donald Trump or no Donald Trump, MAGA and make America great again. America first is exactly what every American patriot should be about. And for him to declare, not all Republicans are MAGA Republicans. I know, I've worked with some of them. Well, though those are, those are, there's another word for them. Those are not MAGA Republicans, those are Democrats. That's what those Republicans are called. Those are Democrats. Anybody who would bow to your will, anybody who would support this this bankrupting of the United States of America's economy in order to try to pursue this ridiculous socialist Green New Deal is not a Republican, not a MAGA Republican, not an America First Republican. They're Democrats. Anybody that would force... American citizens into hiding, forcing them into locking down under cover out of fear of the big bad virus, taking away their right to work, to shop, to dine, to go to the gym, to go to church, to worship, to engage in parties, to have weddings, to attend funerals, to visit their ill uh, relatives. Those are not MAGA Republicans if they supported any of those things. Those are Democrats. You know, like Mike DeWine. But I don't want to go too far off, off base here. Let's uh, hear part two. 
Today, there are dangers around us we cannot allow to prevail. We hear you've heard it. More and more talk about violence as an acceptable political tool in this country. It's not. It can never be an acceptable tool. So I want to say this plain and simple. There is no place for political violence in America, period. None. Ever. There is no place for political violence, period. None. Never. There are people who believe in political violence, he said. We hear talk about it all the time. What I would like to know is what do you call the entire summer and fall of the year 2020 when political violence was used all over this country to burn, to smash, to assault, to loot, to steal, and you not only did not condemn it, you and your ignorant vice president supported it. Kamala Harris led the call for bail funds. Let's donate money to bail out the rioters who were being arrested. You didn't call for their prosecutions. You didn't call for them to be jailed, Mr. No, None, Never. And as a matter of fact, as you and your left-wing governors and left-wing school boards and left-wing mayors in the biggest, bluest cities in the country called for lockdowns and nobody is allowed to gather in public settings because of the big bad virus, you did leave one exception, except for George Floyd riots. If you're rioting... Over the George Floyd situation, it's a righteous cause. Political violence was not only excused, it was not only accepted from the rule, it was encouraged. Go do your thing. You have a righteous cause to protest and riot on behalf of racial violence and American policing. And now you're going to tell us that you're the party that opposes political violence? Where were you? Where were you when your party was banging on the doors of the Supreme Court during the Brett Kavanaugh confirmation hearings? Pounding on the doors. Where were you when they were trying to kill Brett Kavanaugh during the Dobbs hearings this summer? Where were you when that assassination attempt happened? Did you condemn it? Did you say a word about it? You gave nothing at all. You gave nothing but platitudes in general. We never support violence in any cause or whatever. Did you specifically condemn and tell the protesters slash rioters slash attempted assassins to stand down? You did no such thing. Don't talk to me about political violence. Don't talk to me about what you believe is acceptable violence versus what isn't, because you've made it very clear. If we agree with you, violence on your behalf is okay. If we disagree with you, you represent extremism. You are a danger to the country. They look at the mob that stormed the United States Capitol on January 6th, brutally attacking law enforcement. 
not as insurrectionists who placed a dagger at the throat of our democracy, but they look at them as patriots and they see their MAGA failure to stop a peaceful transfer of power after the 2020 election as preparation for the 2022 and 2024 elections. They tried everything last time to nullify the votes of 81 million people. You didn't get 81 million votes, you lying piece of human waste. We watched in real time fraud taking place. We watched after the fact through 2,000 mules, thousands and thousands of illegal ineligible ballots being dumped into boxes in the most uh, toss-up of toss-up states, the battleground states that decided the presidency. We know what fraud looks like when we see it, and there is no amount of your revisionist history that can erase that. This time, they're determined to succeed in thwarting the will of the people. Thwarting the will of the people? The will of the people is what the people actually vote for. And the people of this country who can see through the destruction you are visiting upon it right now are going to express their will by throwing your party out on its ass when it comes to the legislature. The House and the Senate, you will see the will of the people. That's why respected conservatives like Federal Circuit Court Judge Michael Ludwig has called Trump and the extreme MAGA Republicans, quote, a clear and present danger to our democracy. You just described a judge who is blatantly, politically, ideologically partisan, who should never be allowed to sit on a bench again. You're trying to use... Uh, rhino Republicans, whether they be legislators or whether they be judges, to justify your authoritarianism. Brandon, we're not going to allow it. We're not going to be blinded by it. We can see right through it. I can deconstruct every word of evil that you spit forth against half of this country last night and will do so. But I'm also going to let the people, of which I am one, but I'm going to let the people respond to you. 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. In the age of unreason, always write radio with Bob France and the answer. They're all called by duty and conscience to confront extremists who put their own pursuit of power above all else. Democrats, independents, mainstream Republicans, we must be stronger, more determined, and more committed to saving American democracy than MAGA Republicans are to destroying American democracy. We, the people, will not let anyone or anything tear us apart. Of all of the the authoritarian blather that we heard spewed from that blood-red, satanic-looking podium 
and backdrop last night, that last line might have might have taken the cake. We will not let anything tear us apart, he says, after he spent, I don't know how long was the speech, 20 minutes, 30 minutes? I didn't see it live. I had to listen to it piece by piece this morning as I was at a football game last night. But um, he spent all of that time literally tearing America in two, literally declaring 80 million MAGA voters, 80 million American citizens, declaring them enemies of the country, declaring them extremist threats to the republic. Yeah, nothing quite says unity like calling half of the country extremist threats to the republic. All right, we were successful. I told you we were trying to track down Kersenow. He already did his job this week. He was with us for an hour on uh, Tuesday. But I tried to reach out to say, hey, Pete, we need your perspective on what you watched last night, uh, if you can squeeze it in. He's only got a few minutes, but he is going to squeeze it in now. Peter Kersenow, longest-serving member of the United States Commission on Civil Rights. Good morning, Pete. Good morning, Bob. How are you? Uh, well, apparently I'm an extremist threat to the democracy uh, and a threat to the threat to American democracy and threat to the republic uh, that we are. Uh, that's what I was told last night by our president. How are you? Yeah, welcome to the club. I, I think there's about 70 plus million or more of us uh, who, uh, you know, I think we identify with that description, or at least he identified us with that description. Um, you know, I have to say that I didn't watch it live. I... Uh, though got some emails uh, during the course of the evening from people in Washington and elsewhere um, who were, you know, these are very sober people. I won't mention any names. They're very sober people. You know, they don't get too excited. They're old Washington or political hands. And, you know, they are used to inflammatory rhetoric. Uh, But this one apparently really struck a nerve. So I um, looked online and saw the speech and I suspect, I haven't heard your open, but I suspect you have the same sensibilities about it as I did. I don't want to overstate it too much, but, you know, first of all, the imagery, I don't think we should skim over the imagery of it. Um, this is a guy who's talking about fascism, and yet he tried to adopt the imagery of Lenny Riefenstahl in Triumph of the Will. I mean, it was truly extraordinary. Even before you listen to the rhetoric, you see that image. It's really stunning. And it's at Independence Hall that he's giving a political speech. Um, He goes on to smear half of America, the half that they're the ones who are paying the taxes. They're the ones who are going to come up with the whatever hundreds of billions of dollars he plans to give to people who have welched on their bills, their, their student loans. They're the people who serve in the military. Uh, it's truly an extraordinary thing what he did to the United States of America. I, I try to scour my brain, and you know, I try to be somewhat of a student of history. Uh, I try to scour my, my brain as to whether or not there are any parallels in American history. I could not think of a single one where the commander-in-chief of the United States of America, the president of all of the United States, demonized half of the population. And remember, this is an individual who, again, with the imagery, the, it was just almost stereotypic fascist imagery, which tells you a little bit about the competency of the White House. Every single event that a president appears at is heavily scripted. I mean, they've got scores of people who go over every single thing he's going to say, every little feature of the backdrop, all of those things. That's what they do on a regular basis, because they know it's not just millions of American people, but uh, the rest of the world, including our enemies who are going to watch. So these things are planned in minute detail. 
who were the incompetent souls who put that together? Who gave the thumbs up to this? True, just the imagery alone. He could have been saying something right up at a Reagan speech, tear down this wall, but that imagery was extraordinary, truly extraordinary. And this is a man who's calling. What all do you American think the goal was there, Pete? I've, I've been pondering that too. I, I, I mean, I it, it I, literally I, looks yeah. like it literally looks like a, a haunted house setting in which you have you know the devil in front of like his his um, you know his lair. I mean, it was blood red, you know, dark shadowy background with the, the the blood red you know backlighting as he stands there and thunders away in the in the angriest voice, shaking two fists. I mean, there's screenshots, screen captures him shaking. I mean. You couldn't have written a a, 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 a movie or, or drawn up a set that showed this is what evil looks like and been any different from what that what that imagery was. I mean, what's yeah. I agree with you. It's scripted. It's planned. They go over these things with a fine tooth comb to make sure everything is exactly the way they want it. In what, what's the goal there? Do you think? Uh, I I don't think there was a goal. I mean, I, I, truly, I don't. I think that's just incompetence. Yeah, I do. I think it was in. Oh, look at Kareem Jean Pierre and that crowd. They're the ones in charge of it, or at least part of the crowd that puts these things together. They don't inspire any confidence in terms of their, their confidence in terms of their competency. I don't think that they plan to do this because this is just. It was a debacle, a huge debacle, and that includes not just the response from Republicans, but I'm sure a lot of Democrats were wincing at that. The old hands were going like, "Oh, you got to be kidding me! This is this is amazing." They can't have planned something that bad, I don't think, uh, to to achieve a certain effect. I think that they messed up on that badly. And uh, that that's my belief. I can't prove it. Who knows? But regardless, the ultimate effect was horrific, especially considering, remember, the theme for the entire summer from these guys has been the fascist Republicans. The MAGA Republicans are fascist or semi-fascist. This week, he was leading up to it with fascism, semi-fascism. Donald Trump and his supporters are fascists. And yet he has the most stereotypic fascist imagery, but the speech, this from an administration that has sicked the FBI and Attorney General on parents who don't want their kids subjected to CRT or trans ideology and all these other things, he's six FBI and the intelligence folks on these parents. This is the same, these are the same folks who hired are going to hire 87,000 more IRS employees. These are the same folks who have been stockpiling, you know, just a gazillion rounds of ammunition for no discernible purpose. These are the folks who in the last few days we found out have been heavily involved in censorship of the media to achieve a desired political aim. These are the folks who are going to create a disinformation board. Disinformation, how Soviet is that? You know, populated by people who are going to be speaking the party line, but they are demonizing an entire segment of the United States of America. Pete, Pete you left one out, by the way. Agencies and the FBI, yeah. Yeah, you left one out as you were giving that list of fascist uh, tendencies and fascist uh, rules. I mean, no jab, no job. If you don't take right? this poison in and violate your own bodily autonomy at the will of the state, you can't work. Nothing, nothing that any Republican has ever come up with, at least to, that I'm aware of, particularly MAGA Republicans, which were only born when, when Trump became president, but never before has anything like that been done. No jab and no job. That mandate was exclusively the property of Joe Biden and the Democrat Party, period, across this country. Sure. And, you know, that's a good example. And there are even others of those. Remember, they had a reserved 
federal funds only for certain segments of the population to fight COVID uh, on the basis of race. Right. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound like something from 1939? I mean, this, this stuff, and then they wanted people to have designations to wear, you know, certain types of designations in terms of whether or not they've been jabbed. Does that sound familiar? Uh, truly extraordinary. We have known for a long time, and I don't mean to paint a bar, broad brush with Democrats, but the Washington political Democrats are engaged in projection on steroids. If they accuse you of something, watch out because that's precisely what they plan on doing or are in the process of doing as we speak. These are the folks who also were weaponizing the, the military. I mean, I mean weaponizing military, <laughs> that sounds funny, but uh, the military in terms of domestic purposes. I mean, this, this is truly an extraordinary moment in time. Again, don't want to overstate it, but it requires Real vigilance. Nothing has been overstated here. Nothing you've said is overstated. This is all well-deserved and earned and accurate because this has never been done before. And and before you go, because I know we only have a couple minutes left, I want to ask about just the... The uh, um, the fundamental electoral fairness of this, the fact that he went on television last night not to talk about a national issue, the, to talk about, you know, the capturing of a foreign leader like an Osama bin Laden. There was no national emergency that he was responding to, that he went on TV to practice pure politics, to literally campaign for himself and his party in November, claiming out loud, you know, this is the party that this November wants to use fear and, and blah, 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 uh, to, to give them power, to put themselves back in power. It was a blatant campaign ad that was carried on all of the networks. I've never seen anything like that before. You talk about campaign campaign finance law violations, you talk about in-kind contributions, he got millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of pro-Democrat advertising last night for nothing. Right. Uh, which is expected from this media, which has proven itself not to be simply incompetent, but corrupt also. They don't, you know, I, I talk to Democrat friends of mine. Yes, I have Democrat friends. A lot of them. You know, they're not the, the strident politicals from Washington, but these are ordinary people. And when I talk to them, I find out they're completely ignorant about basic things. These are smart people. These are well-read, well-informed people to a point. But if you are watching the MSNBCs, the CNNs, the ABC, CBS, frankly, the entire media, other than Fox, you're completely oblivious to a lot of things. A lot of these folks don't even realize, you know, what the current state of the economy is. Uh, It's truly an amazing thing. And remember that Democrats in Washington know this. The people who put that speech together for President Biden, they know this. These are the folks who've been engaging with Facebook and Twitter to censor certain things. These folks, if you talk to many of them, don't understand, don't realize what's going on at the southern border. They don't realize that two million people have crossed the southern border, and it goes on and on and on and on. So he he believes he can get away with that because he's speaking to the crowd. He's speaking to the converted already. He's preaching to the choir, and he's not trying to convert Republicans. He knows he's never going to convert MAGA Republicans. Aside from everything else, MAGA Republicans know that this is probably, without question, the most incompetent president in the history of our country, easily within our lifetimes. Again, James Buchanan or others may be worse presidents, possibly, and I'll, you know, I think a good argument could be made that Biden exceeds them. But nonetheless, he thinks he can get away with it, and I bet he will. I know this much. I saw replays of certain commentary from the talking heads at, I think it was CNN this morning. I think Fox played it or someone played it. And the talking heads were praising the speech. 
the people who watch that, the people who turn in to shows like that, they want to be reinforced in their previously held assumptions. They don't want to be challenged, and those hosts do just that for them. It's therapy. It's not informative. It's therapy. But this is a dangerous moment, not just because of the speech itself, because I do think that does open things up for the deep, so-called deep state. What that means is the administrative state that is 99%, literally 99% Democrat. It lets them understand it's a signal, just like the signal to the FBI is, guess what? Here are our enemies. As President of the United States in a primetime address, I've identified them for you. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to go after them with guns or anything, but understand that these are second-class citizens and we treat them differently. Witness the hundreds of January 6th protesters who are guilty of nothing more than trespass. I'm not talking about anything, anybody who broke anything, but the ones who were engaged in trespass who still are languishing in a jail without a trial. They will treat you differently. They have been treating us differently. We're second-class citizens, but this takes it to a completely different level. The imagery itself, I think, uh, should tell you, I think the, the, the benefit of that imagery is that it makes many of us take notice of what was being said and reminds us of all of the things which he projects in terms of fascism that they are doing themselves right now, and we must be alert to it. Again, I'm not trying to be histrionic or you know, engage in hysteria, but you look at all of the things that are lining up in a certain way. 87,000 IRS agents? Come on, give me a break. This is, this well, is truly not- extraordinary. Raiding a former president's home unprecedented in history, a president of someone who is going to likely be this guy's rival, that sounds like something out of South America. That doesn't, that doesn't happen in the United States of America. Yet his media blithely acknowledges it, and I, I, you know, I have special enmity for those Republicans, the never-Trump Republicans who look at this. This is the kind of stuff they, they said Trump would do. Trump never did anything remotely like this. No, no, it's all projection. It's 100% it projection. projection. This yeah, is and- extraordinary. Here we have the most incompetent okay. president of our lifetimes who is verging on engaging in semi-fascist activity. Amazing. Yeah. Truly incredible. No question about it. He stood up there last night, literally, and thundered away as if he was Mussolini on the balcony. It was unbelievable, uh, and yet projecting the authoritarianism tag on his former, well, his predecessor, and, and as you say, potentially his future rival. It's unbelievable. Literally, by name, Trump and MAGA Republicans, using that as if it's a slur, a pejorative, as if it's a some sort of an insult. Uh, making America great and America first is something that I think we should all aspire to, quite frankly. Peter Kersenow, I'm glad we got you in. I know you're busy. Go practice law, my friend. Thanks, Bob. Have a good weekend. You got it. Thank you, Pete. Uh, it's 952. We'll come right back with your calls. Always right radio, AM 1420, The Answer. Don't have time to call in? Try the sound off feature on alwaysright.us and make your voice heard. I have no doubt, none, that this is who we will be and that we'll come together as a nation that will secure our democracy, that for the next 200 years we'll have what we had the past 200 years, the greatest nation on the face of the earth. We just need to remember who we are. We are the United States of America, the United States of America. And may God protect our nation. And may God protect all those who stand watch over our democracy. God bless you all. Democracy. Thank you. Uh, 
Everything that guy just says, bullshit. That pretty much sums it up. Uh, let's go to Tanya and Akron. Tanya, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Go right ahead. Yeah, Bob. Yes, Tanya. I'm so frustrated. Can you hear me? Go ahead. I got you. Hello? Yeah. Uh, it looks like something from a horror movie. This old, crickety old man in his black. It looks like the devil came out of hell. But it's a heads up for us that they're throwing everything at us now. We need to be just as bold, but we do it from a happy, go lucky like Trump does it. We don't have to be like that, but we have to start fighting back. We can't have the Mitch McConnell's apologizing for anybody that doesn't, is not a perfect candidate, but they're honest and good. We have goodness on our side where they don't. They're a bunch of evil people, baby killers. And we need to start calling them baby killers. We need to start telling them that they want to they want to allow our children to be uh, cut up and changed from girls to boys to streets. I'm mad, and I'm telling black women, white women, get off your butt. Stop waiting to someone to be really nice to you because these nice people are going to have your kids dead. No, the time for niceness is over, Tanya. And I'm a grandmother, and I'm not going to allow Tanya, that to happen in my lifetime. Tanya, listen, here's what I want to say. Thank you for the call. I hear the passion in your voice. I hear the anger in your voice. And that is exactly what has to happen. What he did last night needs to inspire all of us to rise up and say, we're going to fight. We're not going to sit by passively and be and be derided as enemies of the state because we don't agree with a giant authoritarian authoritarian regime with a with a horrific evil agenda i concur you're right and your anger needs to be matched your passion needs to be matched with action it's not just enough to say it. It's time to get out and do it. And that means influencing people around you. It means making sure that on the local level, in every single way that you can, that you make the change, that you tell everybody we are not going to be dictated to, literally by a dictator. We are not going to be called enemies of the state because we don't go, go along with a giant unconstitutional uh, authoritarian regime. We are not going to be made to feel as less than. We're going to be made to feel as what we are, the true patriots truly defending the Constitution, truly defending the bedrock foundation of the United States of America against those who wish to crack it. If you're on hold, stay there. I'm coming to you as fast as I can, I promise. We do have guests, though, and we've got a great one coming up next. Stay here on Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Welcome to Always Right Radio with Bob Franz on AM 1420. The answer. Hour number two underway now, seven minutes past 10 o'clock on this Friday, the second morning of the ninth month of the year of our Lord, 2022. Today, there are dangers around us. We cannot allow to prevail. We here, you've heard it. 
more and more talk about violence as an acceptable political tool in this country. It's not. It can never be an acceptable tool. So I want to say this plain and simple. There is no place for political violence in America, period. None. Ever. Did you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station? You get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. You can't write it, my friends. You cannot write it. Reality is stranger than fiction. Uh, Let's dive in. More reaction to last night's extraordinary event. The extraordinary political event on live television. Again, millions and millions and millions worth of free advertising on all of the broadcast networks. An in-kind contribution that the Federal uh, Campaign uh, uh, Commission ought to be all over. The Campaign Finance uh, uh, Commission, I should say, should be all over. We'll talk more about that, and we'll also talk about what a tremendous coincidence. It's not a coincidence, I suppose. But uh, the article that we're going to talk about that was written by my next guest was written actually over a week ago. It could have been written this morning because it literally would have been perfect uh, considering the speech that we saw last night. Jonathan Emmert is a constitutional law attorney. He is the author of a book called The Authoritarians, also appropriate after last night's authoritarian speech. The Authoritarians, Their Assault on Individual Liberty, the Constitution, and Free Enterprise from the 19th Century to the Present. Uh, the article that he wrote for Town Hall just uh, last week is headlined, We Are the Enemy. This literally could have been written this morning because last night Joe Biden told us, if you disagree with me and my administration, you are an enemy of the state. Jonathan Emmerd, thanks for the time. I appreciate you coming on this morning. How are you, sir? Just fine. Great to be with you. Good to be with you as well. I mean, I, I literally, I read your article when we booked you. We booked you a few days ago uh, to come on. I had no idea that we were going to have the speech last night at the time that we did this. But my goodness, sometimes things just line up. Uh, your article about the way we are viewed in this um, uh, in this country, particularly by the ruling class, could not be more spot on. And last night, we were told in no uncertain terms by the President of the United States that the 80 million MAGA voters who voted for Donald Trump, not once but twice, are the enemy of the state. What was uh, what was your first reaction to what you heard last night? Yes, it was an authoritarian address by a person who really perceives himself to be a dictator. He is not responsible to the electorate. He doesn't feel as though he needs to unify. He believes that he can conquer, vanquish, and overrule uh, 50% of the voting population of the United States. That speech was an attack on half of the electorate. It pits Americans against Americans. It was divisive and demagogic and angry. Uh, It really uh, bespeaks both political desperation and this massive authoritarian impulse that is a part of his being ever since he sold his soul to the socialists to become elected. He does not believe in a republic. He does not respect that people have a right to dissent from his views. He does not appreciate that his deviation from the role of president by assuming congressional powers and legislating as the executive is the very definition of tyranny, according to James Madison. He does not reflect the soul of the nation. He is corrupt. 
He's a Manchurian candidate. He sold out America for his own personal financial benefit and his family's benefit. He's part of this Biden, Inc. operation, which is using influence peddling to sell out America for their own personal gain, using their political standing for that purpose. He has no right and no legitimacy and morality, uh, uh, no moral standing to condescend to the American people and tell us what is our soul. We know what our soul is, and it isn't Joe Biden. Uh, we're talking with Jonathan Emmert, a writer, uh, an author, and uh, and a constitutional lawyer. Um, you started to say um, he sold his soul to the, and then you said to socialism. Uh, I thought you were going to say to the devil, because looking at that imagery last night, I've got a still shot of the uh, of the event last night. I'm still trying to process this. It is all black with red backlighting, blood red backlighting. I swear to you, it looks like the the you know the the interior of a haunted house where where Satan steps forward. What is your take on you know? I was just talking to Peter Kersenow from the Civil Rights Commission, who said you know literally everything that they do is scripted. Everything right down to the last detail when they have one of these presentations is scripted. None of it is accidental or haphazard. So that means it's intentional to put this this blood red and dark black uh, back well as if black can be another another shade but this background uh up what what do you think they were trying to convey as he thundered away in in such a such an extremist kind of of uh, of atmosphere well of course they control the imagery to a t and the whole purpose of this is to convey this impression that this is a person of strength a dictator a person who is a, has an iron will and the red is no mistake. It's indicative of communist China. It is indicative of authoritarianism. It is an angry color. It is not a color of peace. It is not a color of unity. It is not a color of the Republic minus white and blue. And to have the Marines positioned so that they will constantly be in the shot is indicative of the fact that he is a commander-in-chief, that is, a dictator in this instance, and commands the military in the course of delivering a patently political address. And that is an abuse of his power. It's an abuse of his power because it turns the military into advocates and defenders of his political agenda. There's not supposed to be, and under federal law cannot be, a political bias operating within the United States military. Yet, this wokeism movement in the military combined with this type of abuse of his position is indicative of just how extraordinary they want to make this uh, office. He's an idiot, and he's also a very dangerous man because he did sell his soul to the socialists. But look what he does. He has no respect for the Constitution. Executive order after executive order ruled unconstitutional by the courts, he continues on that same path with his bailout of rich kids, uh, and his whole movement now is to try to get gather that steam for a forcible control over the United States, insinuating itself through all of the market, crushing it, opening our borders to crime without limitation, to drugs, to fentanyl, 
uh, destroying the nation. This His whole legacy is one of destruction of the United States. And here he thinks he has the moral authority to tell us what the soul of the nation is. He has no moral authority. He is not a president of the United States that the people elected. He went far left. They didn't vote for socialism. He uh, advertised himself as someone else. He's a pathological liar. Every single time he opens his mouth, including last night, he, he makes patent lies uh, to the American people. And that's he doesn't feel any need to explain, never answers to the media, never holds himself accountable for anything. Ignominious retreat from Afghanistan, never once admitting the mistake that is so gross that most people are utterly revolted by it. This is an amazing character, amazing in a very bad way. Yeah, in, in all ways. We're talking to Jonathan Emmert. He is the uh, author of The Authoritarians, Their Assault on Individual Liberty, the Constitution, and Free Enterprise from the 19th Century to the Present. Also has a terrific piece on Town Hall from last week. It's posted on my website right now. You can read it at your leisure. It's at alwaysright.us, alwaysright.us. Jonathan, I want to follow up on two things you said. Um, my first question to you was about the imagery, and you, I agree with you. It, it did invoke, you know, red China, communist China, and other things. I'm, I'm curious, as, as we both agree, they do this very deliberately and very intentionally, what the intent was, though. Why, less than 70 days from the midterm elections in which his party will either be booted from power legislatively or will, will you know, have a stranglehold on it for another two years and maybe beyond, why would he portray this, you know, red China authoritarian dictatorial type of... Um, imagery to the american people i would have wrapped myself in the flag 20 times over there and had the marine corps band playing you know uh hail to the chief and america the beautiful and everything else that i could do to say we are truly the party of patriots not the uh you know the MAGA republicans he put a very different message out there and i still can't figure out why well since february february 2020 february 25th and 26 2020 when uh both schumer and pelosi on uh, respectively on those days announced that the Democrat Party would would support an avowed socialist if that person were the party's nominee. They crossed the Rubicon. Their constituency is the far left. They are pandering to the far left. The red symbolism is indicative of communism. The angry attack on half of the electorate, rather than trying to persuade them, is indicative of this overthrow mentality, this this mentality that we're going to crush the opposition. He's inspiring his base. He's inspiring far leftists to come out in numbers and do whatever is necessary to win these elections for the Democrats. Even at the it risk of losing even at the risk of losing centrists and uh, moderates? Yes, because they've got a four year plan. He's gonna sh- cram through as much uh, of a destructive agenda for capitalism as is possible by the time he ends office. And this is a, a choice. They had an obvious choice. They could have appealed to the center, which they've never done. Or they could continue to pander and, and stoke the flames, red being the color, of the far left. The far left would not support him if he had flags around himself. He's not supporting America. He's not supporting the Constitution. 
the foundational principles of this country. He's rejecting all of them. Right. He's calling for transformational change. We're witnessing on this screen the red of fire, the red of, of violent revolution, the red of overthrow, because that's what he's bought into. And this was a choice. He, he may be uh, both uh, uh, mentally uh, 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 abused by his declining uh, mental health, and also incapable of articulating himself in a coherent manner. But with a script like this, and with his fists clenched and this angry approach, this is, this is a declaration of war on half of the American population. I don't think that's an overstatement, uh, Jonathan. I, I I agree, it is, and I hope we respond in kind, not with passivity, but not, or pacifism, but but truly with passion and with anger uh, as well, because we are literally, you know, he called it. I'll give him credit for one thing. He said it's a fight for the soul of this country, and he's right. Uh, the the difference is, of course, he is looking to destroy our soul, and we are looking to reaffirm uh, that very thing. Uh, in your article, Jonathan, last thing for you. Uh, we are the enemy. Your second paragraph le- uh, leads with, the Democrats are in a race to achieve what Charles Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, and Joe Biden call transformational change in one presidential election cycle. And you go through a litany of examples of trans- transformational change. Can you give us a little bit of that thumbnail sketch version? Sure. So uh, anyone who would endorse this open border policy, allowing terrorists to come through the border, allowing fentanyl from China to come through the border, such that everyone from 18 years old to 45 is the number one leading cause of death, so that you'll have crime coming in, MS-13 gangs, uh, 18th Street gangs, uh, no law enforcement in the cities, you've got defund the police movements, you've got Soros-backed prosecutors who are not prosecuting criminals, they're repeat offenders, you've got an attack on the Second Amendment rights of law-abiding citizens, but you're allowing criminals with guns to be have go in one door and come out the other uh, in the in the criminal justice system and be back out on the streets. The whole approach, the whole approach, everything they're doing is destroying a free market and is making America insecure so that property owners, the enemies of the communists, right, property owners are insecure so that they cannot have a moment of rest they can't know whether or not their houses are going to be safe. They can't know whether their businesses are going to be safe. Are they going to be torched like they were in the summer of 2020 all across the United States and urban areas? What about all these sanctuary cities? All of this is designed to break down the basic fundamentals of the market. All of the uh, efforts to destroy the fossil fuel industry. Biden has declared goal of completely eliminating it uh, within 10 years of his election. That is a war against free enterprise, against individual freedom of choice, in favor of socialism. He's transferring our sovereignty to the state so that he can have total control, or that his, who the people he believes will succeed him, who are Democrats, will have total control over this country. Well, it was a long game when Barack Obama promised the fundamental transformation of this country. He knew he wouldn't get it done in his two terms, but this is what is the continuation. This is why Trump was so important in stopping Hillary from building on that uh, for four or eight years. But now Biden is indeed involved in that transformational change to exactly what you just described. The article is We Are the Enemy by Jonathan M. Ord. It was actually written almost two weeks ago. Could have been written this morning after last night's speech. You should read that. It's on my webpage right now at alwayswrite.us, and you should also buy the book, The Authoritarians, Their Assault on Individual Liberty, the Constitution, and Free Enterprise from the 19th Century to the Present Authoritarian, Joe Biden. Jonathan Emmer, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. Hopefully we can talk again. 
You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. 1023, your calls next. AM 1420, The Answer. Take Bob on the go by downloading the WHK Radio app on the Google Play Store. Okay, 1026, Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. We are all reacting to uh, the most divisive, hateful uh, declaration of war on the American people, or at least half of the American people that we've ever heard, I think, from the presidency. And that was Joe Brandon last night on live television. Jim in West Park is next. Hi, Jim, go ahead. Yeah, Bob, you got me? Yes, sir. All right, I want to switch this phone. All right, there's three points that I want to make, and these are very... Very important points. Go for it. Number one, September 11, 2001, the anniversary, is on a Sunday. September 17, 1787, is on a Saturday. That's the signing of the Constitution. It will be buried. So you ask yourself, why did he come out and do this now? That's number one. Number two, Charlie Kirk yesterday talked about ranked choice voting. Maine, Alaska, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Vermont, Michigan, right. New York, Illinois, California. Okay, okay, okay. Let's stay on topic, states. though. Let's stay on topic, Jim. Go ahead. Okay. Well, this is big money backed by Soros and Gates. It's called rank choice voting, and it's against the Constitution. Now, the third one, Mark Morano book, page 12, talked about the Patriot Act. Right. Number two. 2022, the Department of Homeland Security issued a National Terrorist Advisory Systems Bulletin warning that anyone who undermines public trust in government institutions is now considered a terrorist threat. That is against the Constitution also. So... It, that only backs my Article 4, Section 4 point that uh, Hugh Hewitt beat me up on. This is domestic violence. And thanks for taking my call, Bob. You got it. Yeah, you know, it's, and thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Um, I, it's funny. I was going to reference Article 4, Section 4 when I was talking to Pete, but I ran out of time. But, but the domestic violence part, not so much as the invasion part. Uh, Article 4, Section 4 says, The United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion. Uh, and I was going to ask about the southern border, because Biden declared last night that Republicans, MAGA Republicans, don't believe in the Constitution. Well, this is in the Constitution. He is literally surrendering the border to invasion. And so how can he dare declare that we are the ones that don't support the Constitution? He is literally violating it every single day in a number of ways. And Article 4, Section 4 is a big part of that. Thank you, uh, Jim. Joanne in Twinsburg next. Joanne, go ahead. Well, I'll answer that question for you, Bob, because he reads a completely different document than the rest of us know. That's number one. But what came to my mind last night was the Star Wars movie where Darth Vader comes walking through in the dark room and the two guys in red standing on. I mean, that's what I thought of. I mean, I'm like, this is an absolute joke. And now I feel like, you know, because I have an R next to my name, I have a target on my back. Yeah, you kind of do. A proverbial one, I mean, a figurative one. Uh, you, you know, do. I mean, when it comes time to start auditing people, I mean, let's go to the voter rolls. I mean, you know. 
There is not a question in my mind they're going to do that. That's why this this, uh, uh, ridiculous bill that they passed, the Inflation Production Act, uh, which is, you know, hiring those 87,000. Yes, there's a target on your back. If you are a conservative, they will look at your social media. They will absolutely find what your ideology is. And if you have been a Trump voter, a MAGA voter, I mean, look, you don't give a speech like, and thank you, Joanne, for the call. You don't give a speech like he gave last night targeting MAGA Americans without specifically letting them know we're coming for you. 87,000 new IRS agents aren't coming for just a a random selection of people. They're going to scrutinize everything you've ever done on your tax returns, every uh, dot, uh, I must be dotted, T must be crossed, every decimal point, right? If 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 you made a mistake in any way, shape, or form, intentional or otherwise, they're going to make your life a living hell. They're coming after you if you go to a school board meeting. They're coming after you if you have that R after your name. This is not in doubt any longer. If it was in doubt prior to last night, last night all doubt was removed. They're coming for you if you are a conservative Republican, particularly one who has ever worn a red hat or ever used the letters M-A-G-A in any social media post. Make no mistake about it. We'll get news now. We'll come back. More calls. Also, the thoughts from Christina Hagen coming up on Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. and stoking the fire of the American dream. Always Right Radio with Bob Prance on The Answer. 1038 now, we continue on Always Right Radio. Appreciate you being with us. Anybody like comedy clubs? I do. I love stand-up comedy. Most stand-up comedy, by the way, is filthy uh, and profane. And for a lot of people, you know, it's offensive. Uh, and uh, they object to that. And I try not to use that kind of language in my personal life, although I'm not, uh, I'm no saint in that regard either. But I love comedy. I do. Uh, sometimes uh, it's it's the best form of entertainment, really, is you get people up there just riffing and, you know, no holds barred, and it's just great, great fun. This is the kind of comedy that I don't like, though, because this kind of comedy is dangerous. And suddenly we can't hear Mr. Brandon. I'm not sure exactly why. Let's see if we can uh, fix that real quick. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. They refuse to accept the results of a free election. And they're working right now, as I speak, in state after state, to give power to decide elections in America to partisans and cronies, empowering election deniers, undermine democracy itself. See that, and sorry for the hiccups in the audio, not sure what happened there, but that is the kind of comedy, and it is comical, that he would say those words because of the uh, quite obvious projection that he is engaging in right now. He literally is declaring that MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution, while, as Jonathan Emmert said last segment, 
he completely shreds the Constitution with every executive order that he knows is unconstitutional. With his complete uh, uh, abdication of his responsibilities on the southern border, totally surrendering our sovereignty, that is unconstitutional. So it is comical, except that this isn't laugh-laugh comedy. This is terrifying comedy. Joining us now with more reaction is our regular Friday commentator. She is a former Ohio State representative. Now she's on the Ohio Elections Commission. She is Christina Hagan. Christina, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Bob. I am well, uh, considering I'm a MAGA Republican, um, but certainly alarmed by the uh, talking points of our president from what should be the executive branch's authority uh, and direct political attacks on 81-plus million Americans like me. I mean, this is... A deeply concerning moment in history. Uh, I think a turning point for what we know to be deeply rooted desires for communism and dictatorial desire from the liberal left uh, being blatant and staged. I mean, the the theater that was present here, I mean, this looks demonic in nature. I mean, looking at the images and watching it live, you know, you, you obviously could see the red and was it was very much reminiscent of a Hitler-esque type moment. And to see that from our president... What do you make of that, country, Christina? I, before you go on to the content of the speech, that imagery, I've been asking every guest so far this morning, what what is there to gain from that? Jonathan Emmerich said it was intentional. It was a shout-out to his far-left communist base. I mean, red is the color of communism, for crying out loud. It's the Soviet flag. It is the you know red China, the communist Chinese. It, it is the color of communism, and this is a shout-out, he said, to them, saying... I am going to advance our agenda, our socialist communist agenda. Um, and he's willing to surrender, uh, the middle ground to, to surrender the, the, uh, the moderates and the centrists, the independents, even though he claims he is working with them and supportive of them. That, and I guess that's the only thing that makes any sense. How can they have designed that set with that dark, dark satanic imagery, that blood red background or backlighting? Uh, making him look flat out evil. Um, there, there has to be a reason, and maybe that—that's uh, the explanation. What's yours? You know, it's—it's it's obvious that it's intentional. Um, I don't think that it—it's lacking intention in any form. There's nothing that the president of the United States does that does not have intention and is not meant to project a message. Um, the message was cut and dry. He wants a one-party state. He explicitly said that to us. I don't know how we could hear it in any other way. And certainly um, he's reflecting imagery, very dark imagery of past dictatorial leaders. I mean, this is there, there is no mistake to be made. If you watch this, you should be deeply concerned about the future of our country, because I think that we're at a historical turning point for them um, indoctrinating and utilizing their socialistic policies all throughout all of American government. And now just saying it to us, if you are a political opponent who disagrees, you will be in deep-seated trouble. And that's, he's no longer attacking his opponent. It is historical in nature for an American president or any politician at any level to go directly at the jugular of their opposition. It is not, however, normal on any front in any way to go after their supporters, to label 80 million-plus Americans as enemies of the state, as treated in the same way that the president at, in 2011 treated al-Qaeda. For us to be treated in the same way al-Qaeda was treated almost word for word, if you would repeat the press secretary today versus the president 
um, in 2011 under Bush talking about what had happened to our country, you would think it was the same thing. And they've been trying to set the stage for this desperately with the January 6th committee again and again and again. And they haven't been able to lay the groundwork, but they haven't let it go because their intentions are clear. They're going to, in an authoritarian way, utilize the government agencies as they have. Um, they're going to continue to, in a corrupt fashion through the DOJ and the FBI, attack the president. I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see um, President Trump handcuffed or attempt to handcuff him and handcuff him and at least make it seem as though he's resisting arrest in the next 24 to 48 hours. They are setting the stage for a very dark time in our country, and the intention is to divide. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they're aiming for a civil war with this type of language, imagery, and intent. For a president who says he's going to speak about unity that directly demonizes half of the voting population. Um, there is no goal or hope for unity. That is not what any of this is about. And then earlier in the week, um, you know, there have been 20 million plus views of the video of his rhetoric saying that guns aren't enough. Like, we're going to take your guns and you're, you're not going to be able to withstand an F-15. I, I don't know how you feel, Bob, but uh, that's a little concerning that the American president is talking about coming after us with our own military strength and power. Yeah, this, well, well the, good news is, the, good, the good news is we, they don't have those very many of those at their disposal now because they left them off of the Taliban. Uh, that's so a good that's, point. That's a yeah, good point. Yeah, so we can, you know, but, but you know, I just had a caller bring this up, uh, Christina, and you can weigh in on it too. Um, you know, she said, look, I'm a conservative Republican and I feel like I have a target on my back. And I completely concur. And it's really funny because... You know, what the far left has done in justifying, uh, for example, the George Floyd riots, the, uh, the Antifa riots, the Black Lives Matter riots, is they say, look, these people are afraid for their lives. They, they feel like they have targets on their backs simply for the color of their skin. Uh, it is completely without merit, without basis, without justification whatsoever. But that is the argument they've used. Now, here's Joe Biden literally declaring MAGA Republicans, meaning Trump voters and Trump supporters, which, by the way, there are nearly 80 million of them. Uh, as enemies of the state, and they have weaponized the the federal bureaucracies that can make your lives a living hell. Talking about the IRS, talking about the FBI. Not only have they weaponized them in terms of uh, making sure they are targeting individuals who disagree with the state, who are not falling in line, but they have armed them. They have armed them to the teeth with millions and millions of rounds of ammunition, of, of rounds of ammunition, and tens of thousands of guns. And we're talking about everything from handguns to long guns to to automatic weapons. And we're talking about agencies like the IRS, the FBI. Well, the FBI was already armed. Uh, uh, the EPA, for crying out loud, Health and Human Services. These stockpiles of weapons and ammunition in bureaucracies that have no business whatsoever in national defense. So if they're arming up and they're not a part of the national defense in the event of a war or an invasion, then who are they arming up against? And the answer is the American people, because they're the only ones that they interact with. I feel like the real target is on the back of anybody who has ever voted Republican, particularly in the last two election cycles. Yeah, that's exactly right. And when we see things like insane increases in budgetary allowance for the CDC, the most laughable government entity of all Americans for them to be beefed up in the way that they're beefed up when nobody's taking them seriously, that tells me that they are going to make us take them seriously. Whether whether they're legitimate, whether they're based in facts, they're, they're, they don't care. Nothing matters except for their agenda. 
and they're going to directly attack Americans and ensure that they get what they want in this one-party state. It's it's clear that this is the agenda. They're laying it out right in front of us. They're not even really hiding it. It's pretty pretty scary. Yeah, they they really are. And so now the question becomes, what kind of an impact this speech has on the electorate as we head toward November? Now we're less than 10 weeks away, less than 70 days. I don't have the exact day count. But uh, the midterms are coming up in November. So last thing for you is, Christina Hagan, does this galvanize the Republican voting electorate? Does this um, spike them uh, into action and and making sure, you know, if they were already ready to crawl, crawl over broken glass, as the old saying goes, to cast their votes for Republicans, does this make them more likely to do so? Uh, or does this fire up the left even more now that they see their hero going full authoritarian in satanic backdrop uh, to support their socialist slash communist agenda? Who benefits from this come November? It's frankly... It's hard for me to even assess because it's so unprecedented unprecedented in the nature of how disturbing it is. So I would say it without question has to fire up our base of conservatives. Like we're not going to be called terrorists. We're not going to be attacked by the state. We're going to give everything that we have. We're going to pray. We're going to vote. We're going to pray that our vote actually counts, that it hasn't been undermined. Um, And then on the Democrat side, I'm not so sure. I mean, this is the same stuff they've been saying for a long time, but now um, in a super villainized format. So, yeah, maybe it energizes them a little bit, but ultimately they're going to keep, in my opinion, turning the light on Trump, turning the light on Trump as much as they humanly possibly can because they don't want to talk about the reality of their failed policies. They don't want to talk about the historic and unforgivable inflation. They don't want to talk about the mastros of illegal immigrants into this country. They don't want to talk about their mass failures across the board. So they're going to continue to try to deepen this divide and put the light on Donald Trump. I just don't know that it's going to win the day. And I, I almost think any reasonable, rational American, regardless of political affiliation, that watched that speech or sees any image or quote from that speech should be deeply disturbed. So I don't think it should inspire anyone, and even maybe the most radical, crazy um, liberal Democrats, but not your normal Democrats, not not middle of the road people that are right. have common sense. But I I don't think it helps them. I think it hurts them ultimately. But I just don't know how it shakes out because there's obviously more to the story, Bob, and we're going to see that I'm sure shortly. Well, I, um, I'll be on the lookout for one of those moderate, middle-of-the-road Democrats. I haven't seen one yet, but I'll, I'll let you know if I find one. Uh, <laughs> Christina Hagan, former Ohio State Representative, Ohio Elections Commission. Thank you very much, Christina. I appreciate your insight. Uh, we'll talk to you again next week. All right, Bob. God bless. 1051 now on Always Right Radio. We've got time for more calls between now and the top of the hour. Dial it up, 216-901-0945. What is your reaction to last night's address? Right here on AM 1420, The Answer. Ten fifty five now. Always right radio on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Let's go back to uh, some phone calls now. We got a lot of people who have a lot to say about that. Impossible to understand address. It's an impossibility to understand why they set it up the way they did and why he has attacked more than half of the country in such a manner. We'll go to uh, BJ in North Olmstead. Hi, BJ. Go ahead. Thank you, Bob. The purpose of the speech yesterday was to provoke a civil war 
whether it's a staged civil war so they could bring in martial law and therefore bring in the United Nations and make the Constitution and the Bill of Rights null and void. The main purpose of all that nonsense is to end the status of for the American people of the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's no more complicated than that. What other goal do they have? I don't see another goal. I don't see another option other than take away the freedom of the people of this country and threaten those. He already made the threat to the MAGA people. You're done. We'll come after you. That's why the IRS is going out there to harass. That's why the government agencies are provoking. I don't have to explain that to you. You know the symptom and you're doing a great job, but we have to be aware that they want to bring down this country and we must be prepared. You young people must be prepared to make up your minds if you want to defend this country or let it go. Thank you for your time, Thank Bobby. you for the God call, Bobby. I appreciate it. Thank you, indeed. Um, you know, and, and the bottom line, as I talked about it at the very beginning in the monologue, <clears throat> last night was the, the most blatant display of projection I think I have seen pretty much ever. I mean, literally everything he accused, quote-unquote, MAGA Republicans of doing, he has done and is doing. And we're talking about everything from violating the Constitution to authoritarian policies to uh, political violence, condemning it while committing himself, literally all and supporting it himself. All of the things that he talked about last night were projection that he is doing, shredding the Constitution with every executive order and even bragging about it when he ordered everybody with a uh, in the military to get a shot or or get expelled, and everybody working for a federal office or a contractor to get the shot or get expelled, knowing that he was ordered by the court to stop it, but knowing there's an appeal going, saying, keep doing it. More jabs, more arms, while they appeal this, because by the time they say it's unconstitutional, um, I'll have already gotten it done. I mean, that's, and you're going to tell us that you support the Constitution? Mike in Lakewood is next. Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. Mike, go right ahead. Yes, I uh, originally called to ask why you were lying all week long by saying that the networks were going to give Biden free time for this. But then as I was listening, it seems like you've forgotten that Trump called for the arrest of Clinton while he was running against her. And he also called for the indictment and arrest of Biden 26 days before the election. And you say Biden is protecting First, first of all, um, uh, what do you mean by uh, lying about the the broadcast networks? What did well, you you said that Biden was going to get free time on the broadcast networks, and the poor Republicans that weren't going to get any time to answer that. Right. He wasn't on the broadcast networks. You lied. You were that's how, your no, no, like no. First of all, first of all, that's exact. No, that's exactly how it was reported, Mike. If I tell you what they are saying is coming and say this is terrible and they cannot do this, well, then guess what? Uh, that's not a lie. That is, they reported it incorrectly or they changed their mind. Minds and didn't cover it live in such a way. But well, you're a exactly very poor reporter was. by not investigating it. What, you think I'm going to call the White House and say, hey, is this going to be on the broadcast nets? No, this you is the call the networks, was... right? Okay. Well, no, I can't. And, and, Why and, not? And, well, well, first of all, that's not the point. You're deflecting from the issue here, which is, what about his speech last night? What about what he said, Mike? Give me your reaction to his accusations against quote-unquote MAGA Republicans for doing the exact things that he himself has been doing for 18 months. How come you just disregarded the fact that he uh, wanted to call for Clinton's arrest and call for Biden's arrest while he was running for president? What? Are, who are, who's talking about arrest? Why are you deflecting from the issue of last night's speech? There were no calls for arrest last night. There, there's no talk about that. Were. Why are you changing the subject? No, I'm asking you about last night. Stay you're on topic. Saying, you're saying Biden was uh, projecting, but right. no, no, no. It's 
uh, you folks who project. You have a president uh, who called for the arrests of his political opponents, and you don't even say a word about it. You call. You have a president who says he's going to pardon people who beat up police and smeared feces on the walls of Congress. Oh, that's a great example for our children. Let's pardon them. And okay. This is, okay. Okay. Mike. Yeah. Mike. You. 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 Obviously, and I appreciate your phone call. I do because I like listening to lunatics. It's the only way we can understand the difference between them and rational people. So thank you for being one of the lunatics. What President Trump called for when he talked about Hillary Clinton uh, and arresting her, she committed arrestable offenses. First of all, what she did knowingly with Benghazi and the lies that got people killed, number one. And number two, yes, she literally did take those top secret classified documents and expose them to Chinese hackers by putting them on an unsecured server. That is absolutely arrestable. It is very different, in my belief, uh, 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 from what President Trump is being accused of right now by keeping some stuff in his boxes in his broom closet. Very, very different. A very highly secured closet, by the way. Uh, no, you're not going to get away with that. That is not what this uh, was about last night. What was about last night is an attack, a declaration of war on half the country. Your satanic-looking president did that. Back after the news. This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by The Floor King and Keeping Medicare Simple. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. This is Always Right Radio with Bob Frantz on AM 1420, The Answer. Nine minutes after 11 o'clock and hour number three is underway. It is a Friday, the second morning of the night, month of the year of our Lord, 2022. You know, you cannot help but notice the stark contrast between the fist-pounding, furious war on Americans, rage-filled speech that you heard from Biden last night, and the strength and the eloquence of President Reagan that you just heard there at the top of the hour. The contrast is striking. We'll have more time for you to respond to last night's uh, debacle, uh, last night's war on America in just a bit. But for now, we need to look back at... Always Right Radio, Week in Review. Our Week in Review, we do this each and every Friday at 1110. Some of the highlights from some of the most important conversations we've had this week. Back on Monday, I talked to Jim Jordan about Biden's plan to forgive student loan debt. By the way, everybody forgot about that now, didn't they? Uh, do we know anything about how this is really going to be paid for? How's it, how it's going to be implemented? The Biden administration says it's paid for. What does that even mean? Congressman Jordan, how are we paying for this? Well, we're paying through it to higher taxes. We're paying it, it's, it's going to be ultimately more debt. 
which ultimately means that, that, that a bigger tax on the American people. So, yeah, and, and, but, but remember, these are the same folks who told us inflation was temporary. These are the same people who told us that if you spend more money, it will help inflation. These are the same people who told us we're not going to raise your taxes and then turned around and raised your taxes. These are the same people who unleashed 87,000 IRS agents to come harass you, the American people. So I don't put a whole lot of stock in what they say, even if they can't answer the question when it's posed to them. We all know that this is going to be uh, we the people paying for someone else's uh, gender studies and philosophy major, whatever else it was, um, uh, to, to, to pay for their student loan debt. Have there been any parameters at all? In other words, is this just for recent graduates who still have over ten grand of, of debt? What about somebody who started paying their loans back, I don't know, nine years ago, and they still have loans? Uh, do they get it? I haven't heard anything about how this whole thing would be applied, Congressman. No, and we haven't either because it didn't go through the normal process, the constitutional process, where you actually have the bill introduced. You would right. debate it in committee. It would go through the Education and Labor Committee, then come to the House floor, full debate on the floor. You would learn the details. You would learn how they're supposedly going to, going to try to do this. The big question is, what about the person who paid off their student loan two weeks ago? Right. Just paid it off. What yep. about them? For goodness sake. You know, that's this is why, why again, it is just instinctively – that Americans instinctively understand this is unfair, this is, un- this is just wrong, um, and I think they're going to remember that and a whole host of other things when it comes uh, time to vote here in, what, 71 days. The, the worst part about it is, and I talked about this, and I'm sure you have to, you know, yeah, two people, uh, one of them took out $50,000 in student loans to get a four-year degree in gender studies or whatever, even if it is a meaningful degree. Doesn't yeah. matter. They still yeah. get this. Um, another guy took out $50,000 loan to buy a work truck to learn a trade, learn how to be a plumber, yep. to buy yep. all the tools. He's paying this back with every backbreaking hour that he works on the job. How come he sure doesn't is. get ten grand on his business loan forgiven? There's all, there's all kinds of... How about the student athlete who worked their tail off all through high school, all through, you know, to train in all summer long, and they get a scholarship that they could have said, you know what, maybe I shouldn't have worked so hard and just went to school and, and got it all, all, all the costs forgiven. I mean, there, there's, there's countless number of examples of where this is unfair. But the best one is the one you point out. That individual who said, I'm going to forego going to college, I'm going to go get a, learn a skill, and I'm gonna I'm gonna invest in a small business, and I'm gonna be a plumber, I'm gonna be a, a contractor, whatever, whatever they decide to do, and they're paying for the person who went and spent four years studying whatever they may have studied. It is it is totally unfair, and I, I think that is the biggest argument. The unconstitutional argument is of, of course huge, but the main argument is it's unfair. Also on Monday, as we look back at our week in review, we spoke with former Clinton advisor Dick Morris. Uh, just over two years from the 2024 election, Donald Trump has a stranglehold on the Republican nomination, if he wants it. Dick Morris says this is the reason the FBI went to Mar-a-Lago. Was the raid just another tactic by the Democrats to keep him from being able to run? Dick Morris, tell us about it. The Democratic Party felt initially that they could defeat Trump in the primary by uh, getting other people to run, like DeSantis or Pence or others. And they had that hope. But then when Trump reeled off victory after victory this year, they gave that up. And they basically abandoned the political process as the way of stopping him from becoming president and said they were going to use the court process and the judicial process, which is a horrible, horrible thought that they were literally going to take out of the hands of the people the choice of who should be their president, the most unbelievable decision of, of all. And um, the pretext for this, or the grounds for this, and it is pretext or grounds, 
are a series of technical statutes that really don't apply. Um, the, but, but let's not forget the motivation here uh, when we start. The first was the mishandling of government documents. Well, for heaven's sake, Hillary Clinton took the whole classified file of the State Department and put it on her laptop computer in, in violating regulations and then gave it to her assistant, Uma Abedin, who in turn gave it to her husband, Anthony Weiner, who had just been kicked out of Congress. Uh, if that isn't mishandling government secrets, I don't know what is. And bear in mind that Donald Trump had control over all these secrets for four years. And uh, he's been out of office for a year and a half. And there's no indication that he used any of this to the detriment of the country. And it's fanciful to believe he would pick up the phone and say, hey, communist China, do I have a gift for you? Uh, totally beyond the realm of possibility. And, uh, and and yet the statute says that if you mishandle documents willfully, you can be barred from holding public office in the future. Now, it's not going to apply to Trump even if they get away with that, because uh, it's a law. It's not a constitutional amendment. And the Constitution abrogates to itself the right to say who should run for president. And their qualifications are you got to be over 35, have lived in the country for 14 years and be a native-born citizen. It doesn't say that you haven't been indicted or convicted of something. In fact, in 1912, a guy named Eugene B. Debb, a socialist candidate, ran for president from jail. He actually was in jail when he ran, and he got a million votes out of the 12 million cash. Uh, so so it, it's, it's absurd. And the second grounds is that he fomented and participated in an insurrection, a rebellion, against the American government on January 6th. And that is equally absurd. It, it would be the only unarmed insurrection in history. And to say that in expressing his opinion that the election was rigged, he was inciting not just a riot, but a revolution, is ridiculous. Uh, and, uh, and, and by the way, in North Carolina, they attempted to take um, Congressman Caulfield and kick him off the ballot because he was at the January 6th riot. And uh, the court ruled that they can't do that, the U.S. District Court. They said that uh, that the statute, the 14th Amendment, that says that if you participated in an insurrection against the American government, you can't hold public office. The court held that that didn't apply. So both of these efforts are going to come to nothing. But they're symptomatic of how incredibly desperate the Democrats are to stop Donald Trump from coming into power. On Wednesday this week, we spoke with Blaze TV host Steve Dace, uh, who co-authored a new book with Daniel Horowitz, The Rise of the Fourth Reich, Confronting COVID Fascism with the New Nuremberg Trial, So This Never Happens Again. And Steve gave us an in-depth synopsis of the book and explain to us in great detail the real consequences of the COVID vaccines, the Nuremberg Code that our own doctors and countrymen blatantly violated, and the dangers of allowing COVID fascism to rule our way of life. Over the course of 21 minutes, Steve had a lot to say. But first, he educated us on the Nuremberg Code. For those who don't know exactly how our own doctors and scientists violated that during the last two and a half years of the COVID pandemic and response. The Nuremberg Code came out of, there was a subset of the Nuremberg trial after World War II that dealt specifically with what they described as a biomedical authoritarian state. 
uh, and it was the fact that uh, using public health as the, the tip of the spear in imposing uh, fascism uh, down to the molecular level of German culture, uh, they saw the going along with it of uh, the medical system uh, and the imposition of what was described back in those days as eugenics. We call it today depopulation. Uh, they thought that, that there's no way, they came to the conclusion at Nuremberg, Bob, there was no way that they could have imposed this without the medical establishment. So they were given a subset of their own trials. And out of those trials came the Nuremberg Code. And it was it's 10 precepts that basically ideas, it's the second most important medical initiative in Western civilization besides the Hippocratic Oath. Terms like informed consent, these sorts of things that we have taken for granted in the last generation, these things actually come out of the, the Nuremberg Code. There are 10 precepts when it comes to medical experimentation, uh, when it comes to informed consent, treatment of patients, uh, using public health or wide state power to impose medical directives, which you can and cannot do. And the really good news is, brother, that we violated absolute every freaking syllable of them in the last 29 months. Like, not a there's not a consonant or a vowel in that code that we did not violate. Well, you know what? That's 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 the core of what we want to talk about here. Um, and, and just the one that you mentioned, since you kind of just you know glossed over informed consent, that is informing the people before they consent to saying, "Hey, I want to try this. I'm going to talk to my doctor about it." But with COVID nineteen jabs, none of them, none of that. The only two things they told you that could happen were safety and effectiveness. That's it. Mm-hmm. No, so no one who took that jab on the advice of the CDC or the government, particularly anybody who saw the advertisements pushing. Them, saying they're safe and effective, safe and effective, none of them could possibly give informed consent to take those jabs. In fact, they tried to cover up what was in their data for 75 years. The FDA said it wasn't going to tell us for 75 years until a federal judge said earlier this year, yeah, you are going to unveil those 300,000 plus documents. They're about to unveil a booster for Omicron that they tested on a grand total of eight mice and zero people. Okay. I'm guessing that won't be in. I'm guessing that won't be in the PSAs, brother. I'm guessing they won't say not human tested, just tested on eight mice, but take it anyway. <clears throat> I'm guessing they won't tell you that. Fauci said when we had to fight over masks that we couldn't possibly have new random controlled studies about masks because it would just be too dangerous because the mask is that essential. When we had done, I can't even tell you countless random controlled studies on masks since the Spanish flu. For 100 years and found that they do not work against airborne viruses. That's why you've not been wearing a mask for every flu and pneumonia season your entire lives. They don't work. That's why they didn't work here. And and you'll find it interesting when we get all of our studies showed this until about May of 2020. And then suddenly, brother, it's like a switch was flipped. And now suddenly they had all these studies ready to go. Uh, and, and I re- when I, you mentioned my association working with Ted Cruz, mm-hmm. through the senator in 2020, I ghost wrote for him questions to send to CDC Director Robert Redfield. And, 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 and he did. And one of the questions that uh, the senator asked uh, that I wrote for him was, what's your data on masks? Because Redfield was actually making the claim that the mask would protect you more than the vaccine, which when the vaccine, we all laughed at it at the time, but it might actually now be true, albeit for not reasons he was anticipating. And and one of the things he stu- he sent us was a study from Goldman Sachs. And what Goldman Sachs said is that basically if you forcibly masked hundreds of thousands of people, you might drop the transmission of the virus less than 1%. Maybe. 
okay? And there's all kinds of these nuggets out there that they just never told you. You were told that um, if you dared to look at these yourself, you hated grandma, you were a science denier. And that's one of the great ironies of this is they actually have put a lot of the data out there that hoist them from their own petards, but they don't disclose it to you in, a, in an easy-to-consume fashion. They just assume most people won't go beyond the lower third of their favorite cable news channel or the, the headline they're clicking on and actually read the particulars. And sadly, my friend, over the last 29 months, they have been proven correct about that. We are talking with Steve Dace, uh, the co-author of The uh, Rise of the Fourth Reich, confronting COVID fascism with the new Nuremberg trial, so this never happens again. Steve Dace wrote this book with Daniel Horowitz. Um, Steve, the language, Fourth Reich, fascism, some people are going to be mm-hmm. turned off by that and say, now you're going too far. This isn't Nazism. This isn't, uh, this isn't German style, uh, fascism following the, uh, the, you know, the, uh, the, the Third Reich, et cetera. Can you talk about the title? We actually agree with you. We think it's even far worse. Uh, And the reason why we think it's far worse is because when it is confined to when this sort of autocracy or fascism is confined to a a singular nation state, um, I mean, this this existed prior prior to Christendom. It is just simply human nature that out of nothing other than just sheer egotistical rivalry, if nothing else, other nation states will rise up to say, no, we want to be that autocratic fascist state. We don't want you to rule us. We want to rule you. Okay, and 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 but what happens when it exists when it transcends the singular nation state? What happens when virtually every nation state on earth goes along with it to some degree and just flips the switch and says, "Yes, this is what we're going to do." Uh, then what happens when they when when now you're like as conservatives like, well, if government's going to screw us, we're going to go to the private sector. Yeah, ooh boy. But then they get Walmart and Costco and all the so-called essential businesses that just so happen to all be massive Fortune 500 companies and not your family business. Who? What a coincidence that turned out to be. Weird. Um, and uh, they'll get them to impose their mask mandates for them. So, yeah, okay, you don't want to wear a mask mandate around town, and we don't want the photo op of a cop arresting you for it. How about you just can't go shopping for groceries? So we'll just get the, public, the private industries to enforce this for us. And then we'll go one step further. You can't actually work in a private industry. You can't have a job. On August 6th of last year, Rochelle Walensky went on CNN and admitted on national television that the jabs no longer stopped the spread of the virus with the onslaught of the Delta variant. She said this on national TV. She even said on that day on August 6th on CNN that if you are vaccinated, you can still spread the virus. She said these two things on August 6th. On September 9th, more than a full month later, Joe Biden issued an executive order he had told you all year prior he had no power to issue, saying you could not work in America unless you took a jab that his own CDC admitted now doesn't actually stop the spread. All right, so before we even get to the constitutional question, this is a Nuremberg Code violation. This, you're not even stopping the process. You're imposing on bodily autonomy with a process that won't actually even accomplish your stated outcome. We've got a report out today that shows that that the the age of death in America dropped again in 2021 like they did in 2020, even though we had vaccines in 2021 that we didn't have in 2020. How do you explain that? They don't work. And and when they don't work, you're lucky if they don't work, when they're poisoning you and then they don't work. This is the data. They lied about it. They then said you couldn't work. You couldn't have 
you couldn't provide for your family unless you were injected with their poison after a full month after they admitted that it won't actually even stop the spread of the virus they said they were trying to stop. They fought that all the way to the freaking United States Supreme Court. They got every major corporation in this country to be their stormtroopers and impose on your bodily autonomy. You bet your ass it's the fourth right. It's even worse because now it will transcend nation-state nationalistic rivalries. They'll transcend elections. Hey, I can't vote out everybody that fought the way that they did because I can't vote out every I can't vote out Walmart. I can't vote out Costco. I can't vote out General Electric. I can't vote out Amazon. I can't vote out Google. I can't vote out Netflix. It's even worse than that. All right, there it is, your week in review for this Friday, the 2nd of September on Always Right Radio. Stay here after the bottom of the hour news. More of your phone calls reacting to last night's speech right here on AM 1420, The Answer. This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by Keeping Medicare Simple and The Floor King. Yeah, a little heads up to my friend, Officer Tatum, for whom I sat in a little while earlier this week. Uh, She knows ain't nobody going to vote for her. As long as she is a candidate, though, she gets a spot in the spotlight, and she can continue to disparage Donald Trump. That's the only reason she would run. Um, Let's get a few more phone calls in now. Reaction to the Devil's Advocate speech last night. I was literally reminded by that backdrop of uh, Pacino and the Devil's Advocate. Uh, And, in fact, I'll probably have a side-by-side on that on the webpage on alwayswrite.us within the hour. Uh, Let's go to uh, Sally and Berea next. Hi, Sally. Go ahead. Hi. I think that the imagery of the background to Biden's militant speech with projection is blatantly ironic because red is a universal sign of danger, but instead it reflected back on him as an obvious danger to the functioning and survival of our constitutional republic as guarded by mega Republican voters. So let's rally for the midterms, because the outcome is truly an emergency. Well, you know what? That's a great analysis. Thank you for the call. That It's as good as anything I've got. I cannot figure out how he thinks that that imagery helps him. As I said to uh, one of my previous guests, you know, if he really wanted to play the we are the patriots, we are pro-democracy, we are pro-freedom, we are pro-constitution, he'd have wrapped himself in red, white, and blue and said, we are the real patriots, those conservative MAGA Republicans are the ones who are, you know, who are opposed to constitutional law and order and so forth. Instead, he puts up, you know, that red satanic background that one of my other guests said, you know, is is intentional. It's a call and a shout out to, you know, the communists in his party, the far left base that has put him where he is. It's a shout out, you know, basically with the with the color of communism. You know, red China, the red Soviet Union, uh, Russia. I mean, this is, you know, this is universal among, uh, you know, political uh, ideologues that red equals communism. And so this is a shout out saying, look, we're not we're not giving up uh, in November. We need to secure what we are building right now. So but her uh, statement about it being, uh, you know, the color of emergency and essentially calling that out, that's as good as anything I've got. None of it makes any sense, quite frankly, none of it. Nothing about that backdrop and that imagery makes sense to me that would be beneficial to him. I have no idea why they're doing that. Uh, let's go to uh, Stephen Collinwood. Hey, Steve, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hello, Steve. Yeah, I, was having a, okay, gotcha. yeah, I was having a great week until the orange man bad speech. 
and uh, you, you have to listen to his rhetoric is when he says uh, that something is a clear and present danger. That's the legalese talk. That, that that's you know they could take it a step further, but uh, the imagery was uh, Hitlerian. It was black and red. That was Hitler used to have the, the rallies with the black and red flags, and that that's what it was. So well, like you know, I, I you, yeah, yeah, I, I think there's something to that too. I saw somebody did a side by side with Hitler thunder, you know, and again, why? Because you know Hitler was a fascist, and this guy using full projection, calling American conservatives fascists, is literally practicing fascism. There's nothing that screams fascism quite like the policies and the um, uh, mandates and the orders that he has given over the course of the last year and a half. Uh, so yeah, I could see the Hitlerian reference there as well. Yeah, most people don't want to don't want to mention the, the Hitler word because then the, the argument usually ends. Did you also see the um, uh, police officer that was sitting behind him? There was a chief of police or something with a, and then there was a female police officer, and her hat I, was like three three sizes too big. I think she no, was I didn't notice actor. that, and I, I don't want to distract. Don't, let's you know, let's not do that. Okay. Thanks for the call, my friend. I did not notice that. I noticed the Marines back there. I uh, did not notice the big-hatted uh, police officer. Let's go to um, Navy Man Norm next. Hi, Norm. Go ahead. You know, have, having uh, Brandon uh, in Liberty Hall is like having a loose per se mass in St. Peter's Basilica, and, and that's the only thing I can say. Uh, you know, we have this demagogue. He's not content with just calling us domestic terrorists, white supremacists, and now semi-fascists, whatever the hell that means. He wants to sick F-15s and nukes on half the population. I mean, isn't that intelligent? Yeah, you're going to fly F-15 fighter bombers, and you're going to nuke half the population in that country. You know, Bob, Joseph Stalin had a great quote for this latest insanity by this 79-year-old flatulent fool. Everybody has a right to be stupid, but some people abuse the privilege. Isn't that <laughs> right, Brandon? That's well said, Norm. That is very well said. Thank you, my friend. God bless. I appreciate the phone call. And I like the comparison there, too. I do. Uh, you know, Satan giving a speech in St. Peter's Basilica. It is. For him to stand in the birthplace of liberty and then continue to just stamp upon liberty, the liberty of the American people to live their lives, do their own thing, make their own decisions without big daddy government telling them what to do and how to do it and where they can go, when they can go, and so on and so forth. It is. It is, it is tantamount to what you just described. Thank you, my friend. TJ in Cleveland next. Hi, TJ. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, Bob, when I seen him walk out with the two Marines on the side of him, the first thing I thought of, you remember the movie Ghostbusters? Not terribly when, well. Well, when she opened up the refrigerator and here... Um, uh, our guest, uh, Mr. Emmert, brought this up. This was a declaration of war on half of America. No matter how many times Biden tried to play the, uh, you know, I'm only talking about MAGA Republicans, not, uh, you know, mainstream and establishment Republicans, which, by the way, you could also just call Democrats. Um he tried to say, I'm only talking about them, but let's let's be honest here. The Republican Party is the party of MAGA, period. End of story. That's it. It's about to make him, whether Trump is involved in it or not. Trump might have coined it, but it is about America first and make America great again. So when he says he's coming after MAGA America, he's coming after all Republicans. Know that, expect that, prepare for that, and let's combat that. That's all the time we have today. Thanks for a great week of conversation. We'll see you Monday. Stay free this weekend. Bye-bye. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.